What's up, dreamers? We're back. And this week, this is this month, it's been a while, yeah, this, 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 this quarter, this quarter, <laughs> this quarter, we bring you a 2002 movie, Time Changer, recommended by Benjamin. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. This movie, the premise of the movie is that a, 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 the, a theology professor From at a, a seminary, se- at a yeah. seminary uh, he's writing a book and he has the manuscript and the board, all of his colleagues, uh, have a meeting and they have to unanimously approve his book before it can get published. And do they ever get into exactly what the book is about? Yeah. So the, um, the title of it is like the changing times or something like okay. that. Uh, and I, th- so I assume it's just about kind of how culture is changing yeah. with the times. Uh, but yeah, so Let's do like a short premise of the movie and then yeah. go through the details. Yeah. So he was, he was writing this book. One of the professors disagrees with him about one of the statements in the book. So it turns out this professor has a time machine and yeah. sends our hero to the future in order to see what the effects of this thing they disagree about are going to be. And then he comes back from the future and his dad bought him a truck. Like Back to the Future. Oh. oh, okay. All right. I missed that. I missed that. All right. No, but that, that's basically the story. It's a time travel movie, which I generally love time travel movies. I haven't seen that many of them. Oh. This is the only one besides Back to the Future I've seen. Really? I think There's so. so many good time travel movies. Yeah. Uh, Back to the Future, The Time Machine. You've seen The Time Machine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have seen The Time um, Machine. There's this one called Primer. It was super low budget. Hmm. Kind of an indie movie. One of the best time travel movies ever made. I um, have to delve into that 12 Monkeys. Bit. Uh, oh, I didn't know. Tw- I didn't know Twelve Monkeys was a time yeah. travel. Oh, okay. Um, well, what else? there's a lot. There's a lot of time travel movies, yeah. and I generally enjoy all of them. I, I I enjoy like the whole question of you know, can you change the past? How does time travel work? Yeah, all the theories surrounding right. time travel. Yeah, I love that stuff. This movie, unfortunately, didn't really get into any of that. No, it didn't. And so, what is the main guy's name? The guy who's writing the book. Anderson? Russell Carlyle. Oh, Carlyle. Uh, Anderson's the guy who disagrees with him about the book. Oh, okay. Norris Anderson. Wow, I remember these guys' names. Yeah, this is, this is impressive. Um, so, the, the, the line in the movie in question, or in the manuscript yeah. in question, is, what was it? Uh, Carlyle posits that it's beneficial to teach morals... Even if the name of God isn't right. so, inserted into the moral lesson. It's, so it's good for society that they have morals, even if they don't understand the basis for those morals. Yeah, but Norris counters that if you don't use the name of God when teaching morals, then nobody's going to have any... There's no absolute authority for the morals, and so they're going to crumble very quickly. Mm. Which... I mean, you can make I, that I, argument. I, I, yeah, yeah, I can. I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, and so it's the whole the first half hour of the movie <laughs> is just 
Carlisle and Anderson and their sort of yeah. back and forth. It's like it's like like typical uh, academic setting bureaucracy kind mm. of stuff. There's yeah. meetings. There's two guys like avoiding having a meeting with each other, yeah. and then they eventually meet. Yeah. And it could have been maybe like a ten minute intro to the movie it's before we get to the time travel part, which is the fun part of the movie yeah. allegedly. They and. No, we, we spend half an hour with these different board meetings and like this internal office politics where like one <laughs> professor is trying to get a, a rule change. None of this is relevant to the actual story of the movie. And none of it's none of it is riveting drama. It's literally just pettiness, <laughs> yeah. which I guess like I suppose uh, we, when we it's get probably to the true to life. Yeah, yeah, and it probably does handle that part of its material pretty well, <laughs> but. There's just no, it's like it's building suspense, but there's, there's <laughs> suspense. no, there's no, because you have no idea what's going on. Because Norris finally says, All right, uh, Carlisle, I need you to come to my house tonight at eight o'clock so we can talk about this. And Carlisle doesn't want to go, he doesn't want to talk with this guy, which I understand why he's upset. Like, he has this book mm. that apparently every that's going to make a lot of money. Even though it's like yeah, I don't a, think that's an obscure, like, <laughs> theological text, it seems... I don't know. I don't think it's going to make that much money, but yeah. he thought it was apparently going to, so... Yeah. We so, should mention this is set in the 1890s. I don't yeah, know oh yeah, this is, that's that. a big, yeah. big part of the whole plot. It's set in the 1890s. So he finally goes over to Anderson's house to have this discussion about why... Anderson is trying to convince Carlisle as to why he's disagreeing with that one line in the book and why it has to change. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to uh, Anderson's house and in the barn, there's a, a time machine. And it's a it's a weird time machine. I don't know. I It's like there's an analog clock on it and then there's just a, a paper map on it and then a bunch <laughs> of the gears and I don't know. But the the way it the the very brief explanation we get as to how it works is it captures rays from the sun and uses and them in some way puts them in jars or something and then it uses the the sun rays to get people back in time. But it's all very scientific. Yeah, it's yeah. I was I got a headache just listening to the guy explain it. And <clears throat> but what's fascinating to me is so he goes to this guy's house and instead of. If I were writing a movie, you know, all right, I'm going to send you back or into the future now. Instead of doing that, he goes to this guy's house. Then Anderson explains everything to him about the time machine. Then he's like, okay, come back tomorrow and I'll send you on your journey. Yeah. It's like, okay, there's no, literally no reason for this delay to be in the movie except to make the movie a little bit longer. Yeah. It's not building. (laughs) It's certainly not building suspense. Uh, so finally, and so the next, the next day, which again, there's so many fight, next days. He in this. fights coming back to his house again. So yeah, we have like repeats of all of these scenes where he's like, "Oh, I'm not going," and then he does eventually go. What's really interesting to me too, Anderson is a theology professor, right? It's it's fascinating to me that his ho- side hobby is time travel because like you get like uh uh back to the future uh, like he's just this crazy yeah. like scientist but this guy isn't a scientist he's just like a he's a theology professor but he he dabbles in time travel <laughs> it's like that scene from the first toby Maguire spider-man when he first meets um james franco's dad uh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and he's like you know i'm something of a scientist myself <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> 
Uh, so Carlisle goes into or the time machine is like you stand on a platform in the barn and there's these three ray guns that point at you and then and shoot they shoot you. sun rays at you and then he's transported to modern day. Yeah, but here's my question. So he's transported to the same city, right? It's is that the same yeah, place yeah, like the, same the barn cuz he's transported to an alley. Yeah, I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, I don't location. know either. But he, he he's in an alley and then he Finds a newspaper on the ground and looks at the date. It's the early. The movie came out in two thousand two. They don't reveal what year he's. But it's early two thousand. Yeah, so yeah. it's two thousand two for all uh, intents and purposes. Yeah. Uh, and now, at this point in the movie, we are subjected to a man who is, you know, you. It would make sense, fish out of water kind of thing. You know, he's in a time that he doesn't understand a lot of things that are going on. And the movie sort of beats that into your head that he yeah. doesn't understand what's going on. That's the, yeah, that's the thing with this movie is that time tra- they, they did not try to improve the genre at all. Like, there's no... It's literally... Like, you can just walk through everything that's happening. He just, oh, look, the 1890s guy. Look at that funny hat he's wearing compared to everybody else mm-hmm. in the street. Oh, he doesn't know what a laundromat is. Like, it's... But he's not, like, amazed. He's just, like, this confused, mm-hmm. walking around. We need to and, talk about the way they portray his confusion. Because it, oh. it drove me insane throughout the movie. I I had a hard time with it. A hard time with it? <laughs> the... That is exactly how it works. He, what percentage of the dialogue do you think is Carlisle repeating? It's back what people say. It's in definitely double form. digits. Percentage. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like this movie would have been twenty minutes. Long. Twenty minutes shorter if yeah. they had just stopped him repeating back what somebody said. So anytime. Uh, Russell Carlisle. I keep wanting to call him Robert Carlisle for some reason. Is that the name? Yeah, it sounds familiar. I don't know. Anyway, um, anytime he hears something that he doesn't recognize, or even if it just slightly confuses him, but he does recognize it, he'll repeat back what the person said. So somebody's like, uh, I've never been in the slammer, speaking about being in jail. And so Russell Carlyle will say, the slammer? (laughs) And literally... At least half of his lines when he's in the future start out with him repeating what the person previously had said to him. Yeah. And it's incredibly annoying. Hey, you know, this it's great as an actor, though, because, like, you don't really have to memorize your lines. Just, just look over them, and then you can just assume if you forget something, oh, he just said yeah. uh, the slam, or I'll just repeat that. Perhaps that's what actually happened, and our main character just didn't Doesn't. remember the script, so he just starts repeating back. It was like a method acting sort of thing. Yes. <laughs> but it's really annoying and it happens a lot. And our, the main character, Russell, I, this movie is something in the vein of a movie like uh, Taxi Driver or Scarface. It's sort mm. of a character study of yes. this one Very character driven. <laughs> and the unfortunate thing is that he has no character. No. Oh, yeah, this is the other thing. Uh, like the dialogue, too. First of all, it's very wooden. It's delivered very... Uh, <laughs> It's very. It's just the whole thing. It has all the class of things you'd expect from a Christian movie, but the the writer of the script couldn't really decide. 
like, he didn't want to commit to, like, 1890s dialect and all the... So, he just sort of... He's like, oh, we, we just won't use contractions. Yeah. And you'll just talk very stiffly, yeah. always use proper grammar so you never yeah. end a sentence with a preposition. Yeah. For instance, at the beginning of the movie, <laughs> it's just this scene where uh, Carlisle's kids are playing marbles in the front yard. Or shooting marbles. What's yeah, the, I don't know. What whatever the terminology is. Yeah. Again, the movie could have taught me something by... <laughs> Letting me know exactly what they called this game, but they're throwing mar mar. I don't. If this is is this what kids did in the eighteen nineties? They no just idea. sat in the front yard Played and marbles. threw marbles at other marbles. Probably. And then, I mean, I know. I mean, that was a game even when I was younger. People played marbles. Like you had your collection of marbles and you played with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I do remember older like people in my oldest brother's class doing that. Yeah, that's true. So but, it's not. Not that far out of the road. All that to say, Roger, this kid next door, Roger. runs... That was his name. Yeah. yeah. That's just funny. I know. Yeah. So Mr. Rogers runs up, and he grabs these marbles and steals them, and he tries to run away, but it's that classic thing that's in movies where he, he's looking back at where he stole the marbles from, then turns around and runs right into Carlisle, <laughs> and he says, young man, it is not right to steal items from others. All the dialogue is like that. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't say marbles. He just doesn't say steal from <laughs> take things that don't belong. He says it is not right to steal items from others. Yeah, <laughs> and another line like that is when he finds out that Anderson doesn't like his book. He says, "I'm surprised." More accurately, I was shocked. Yeah, <laughs> and then he also asks the question, uh, "Why would Norris wish to cause me this pain?" <laughs> So that's what it sounds like to be the, from the 1890s. Yeah, you talk a, extremely wordily and stiffly and don't use contractions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but the, I wrote at another, like, af, like, after the first 15 minutes, I asked the question on my notes, what grade did these guys get in high school drama? Just like, <laughs> you mean the actors or yeah, the characters? The actors. Oh, okay. Because it's... Uh, they, I, there was no. There were some like the the one guy from Office Spaces in this movie. Yeah, and there's, there's guys I recognize from other stuff. I don't know how they ended up in this movie. There's there's no nobody was passionate about this project. No, except the writer. Yeah, which we'll find out why. Yeah, I say that later on. He devoted all those resources for like a three minute yeah. scene in the movie. Um. So, okay, he's in the 1890s. He goes to the laundromat. He's in the 2000s and goes to the laundromat. Oh, yeah, yeah, My bad. And then he goes to the laundromat. He meets the guy that owns the laundromat. Eddie and, Martinez. Yeah, Eddie Martinez. And he has a... Eddie Martinez might have been the most interesting character in the movie. Yeah, I think so. Like, the actor he seemed was, like a real person. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. The, the acting was popping off the screen a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so they have a conversation... And uh, 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 Carlisle asks him, where, where might I find a house of worship this fine Sunday morning? Mm -hmm. And he ends up going to a church. It's like... Uh, sort of like a gen generic evangelical church. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And he goes and he, he's ingratiated with the population there. And he ends up... I invite him to go to... A movie. A movie? Right? Wasn't it the... Yeah, yeah the, I was doing the thing. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, they, they go to a movie. They get in a van. This is another... A van? A van. 
And we're not we're not exaggerating here for like the sake of comedy. This is literally <sighs> what happens. Every line he's like, a movie, a van, a van visitation. Yeah. And so he goes to the <sighs> He goes to the movie. And at one point, one of the characters in the movie takes the Lord's name in vain. Mm-hmm. And he runs out in the lobby and is shaking all the, the movie uh, theater employees saying, you, this must be stopped. Like, the Lord has been blasphemed mm-hmm. and all these things. See, I don't understand. So, he, he does he leave the theater? Because the next scene he's having, like, dinner or he's at that. Or yeah. is that the next event in the week? It, I, I feel like that was, it seemed like it was later that night. Like yeah. Like, he left the movie theater and then met up with them to hang out yeah. afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Everyone thinks he's weird because he's from the 1890s and... He's weird. Yeah, and wearing his bolo hat. But then, like, the... The weirdest subplot in this movie is he's talking to these two women from the church, and their husbands are just messing with them and making fun of them. And they, they're apparently cops. They're cops, and they're suspicious of him. Like they, the minute they 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 say in their minds like this guy's weird, they want to have him arrested. <laughs> like they're like uh, the one says to the other, "How about you go down to the station tomorrow morning and." Check his file or whatever jargon they were using. So, I mean, just for no reason, like, the whole movie, then the subplot becomes this guy is in the future doing nothing wrong. I mean, there's, he just talks weird. Yeah, and he's a little odd. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and these guys want to have him arrested. (laughs) And they don't. They don't. Let's bring him into the precinct. Right. Yeah. They, <laughs> they don't present any any motivation for this either, mm-hmm. except that he's weird. Yeah. So I mean, you think about two cops on the taxpayers' dime <laughs> are ignoring all the other cases. I think they're detectives, right? Because they wear plain clothes. Yeah. So, seems like it. Yeah. It's not really ever. N- no. We just know that they want to have Carlisle arrested. And so they, they ignore all their, their whole caseload and just focus on getting this guy. It's not even just like a, let's check this guy out. He's weird. Like, yeah. what's his deal? It's No, it's we got to get all the dirt we can on this guy so that we can have him arrested and yeah, bring they, him downtown. They break into his hotel room yeah. and investigate that. Uh, they, like, they're looking up his background. It's I don't understand why. They, were going they, don't, they don't explain. It's just they, they have to arrest this guy. And so they start. That subplot starts. And then uh, Carlisle goes to one of the women he met at the church group is a, a high school chemistry or biology teacher. Yeah. And she asks him to go speak. Because what he says, through, like justifying what he's doing, and he's like, I'm doing research. Oh, ma- yeah. Making observations for my study for or something. science experiment. So she, yeah, so she thinks that he's a scientist, and so he goes to give a talk, and he says, like, six times, no, I, I probably shouldn't do this. But, over and over again, but yeah. she's like, no, you have to come. The kids would love to have you there. And so he goes, and he ends up... Uh, Talking about the infallibility of the scriptures mm-hmm. while he's in this public school class, and so she basically kicks him out. She's like, "You can't do this. This is mm-hmm. we have decided that this isn't the right uh, thing to do in public schools." And Carlisle can't believe it, um, and so 
Yeah, so he, he also has befriended this lady from the, the, library, uni- the university library who is a Christian. Yeah. And so he goes to talk to her about this, like, yeah. his, his amazement that religion isn't being taught. And this is where the writer of the movie basically comes out on stage yeah. and begins talking about what he thinks. Because through this woman, he... Is, how long is that scene? It's it's long. It's four or five minutes, I think. And it's all Which just... For a movie, is long. Close up on her face. Yeah, Did yeah. she write it? No. No. It was a, that rich Cristiano guy. Oh, wrote he it. wrote it yeah. and directed it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she gives this whole speech about the time. It's a signs of the times mm-hmm. speech, and, um, and she also tells her like testimony of how she became a Christian. Yeah, and it's a lot packed into the monologue. Yeah, but, and just about how culture is so bad now because we've given up on religion. Yeah, um, and that's really all there is to that scene. Yeah, it's just and, the writer of the movie saying uh, what's bad about modern culture. It's not really a character at that point. And this is the weird thing about the movie. Is I know you have to pick a time for this guy to be from if you're doing a time travel movie. But like the eighteen nine it's yes. Yeah, so you can interpret the movie as positing that the the eighteen nineties were so much better than the early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, there was definitely more like public Christianity in the eighteen nineties than there was in the 2000s, early 2000s, but it's not as though the 1890s were like this model of, you know, Christian society. Right, yeah. Everybody was all believers and there were no issues in the culture. Right. The 1890s would have been, so the first Great Awakening would have already happened. I think the second already happened Mm -hmm. at that point. So you've already had two massive, like, revivals in the country, which are proof enough that there was a problem. Yeah. Because they needed revival. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not as though the culture of the 1890s was like some glorious right. golden age of Christianity. He, yeah. sh- he shouldn't have been too surprised that things are really bad because yeah, they would have been bad for him in his time also. He's concerned about the weirdest, like at once a point he's in his hotel room, he has his window open and there's people hanging out in the street. I mean, it's like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah, something like and that. And he just, he looks down at these people just hanging out like at a bench, just talking. <laughs> and you would have thought they were like hoodlums or yeah, something. Yeah, right. And so he looks at his watch, then looks at down at those people and just shakes his head disappointingly. <laughs> and that's the scene. Like he, this, I, I, I understand like the point this director's trying to make, mm-hmm. but he is grasping at straws. <laughs> Like it's like oh look at those people yeah like he hanging could have, out he could have looked out the window and there was like somebody breaking into a car or something and that would have made sense right yeah and he's been like oh the society yeah but it was just people like standing around talking to each other yeah <laughs> and then so he gets he gets uh, to the future on Sunday and he has to leave Wednesday night at nine so his last night in the two thousands. He goes back to church because there's like a midweek service. And how does he end up being the one to pre or give the, a message? The detectives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some told the pastor that they wanted to hear him speak because they just wanted to get more dirt on him, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, the detectives have been going through his stuff and found like his name in the, the, the files. And then he, they found out he died in 1936. Mm, spoilers. Yeah. He dies in 1936. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, they, they find that. They find his Bible, which has like... Oh, it was given to him in 1865, yeah. so it's signed by his parents with that date in it. Which is all the... Again, they just are figuring out that maybe he's from the past. Mm-hmm. There's no... They have There's no... There's no crime here. Yeah. <laughs> like the charges would have to be so trumped up. Uh-huh. And so he... He gives this just gospel message at this church, mm-hmm. pretty run of the mill, yeah, uh, altar call bad. sort of thing. There's a lot of people who aren't true believers, and yeah. they should repent. And you know, Jesus is coming back soon is essentially the message that he gives. But it's very long. Yeah, um, and it it was another example of the writer of the movie just coming out on screen and saying, "Here's what I want to tell modern yeah. society today." Yeah, it was very much like. Um, we were talking about this earlier, very much like kind of Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged at the end of the book, John Galt gets up and gives a speech. Yeah. It's just Ayn Rand giving her philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, the jungle as well. Like dude finds socialism at the end and everything works out for him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so like Atlas Shrugged, this isn't a like story it's just a propaganda piece yeah. Uh, yeah and like you might even agree with what the propaganda is but it's still just a propaganda piece it's not a like story being told there's no character arcs well there's sort of a character arc with the main character in that yeah. he eventually comes to believe that what he was writing in his book was wrong yeah so he yeah but it's mainly just the writer of the movie preaching to the audience about the the ills of modern society. Yeah. And whether you would agree or disagree with the ills of modern society, that's not a movie. That's just a sermon. Yeah. He could have just sort of a vlog. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a seven minute video. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, Gramps had the right idea. He right. Just, yeah. From Gramps Goes to College. He just yeah. started a YouTube site. Yeah. That's what this guy should have done. Yeah. He sh- yeah. Is it... All the time put into this movie and the... Mm-hmm. There could the, have been so many fun things to do, too. Like, Back to the Future is a great example of this. He goes to the past, sure, but there are, like, these funny moments, like, they're watching something on TV, and he's like, oh, I've seen this on the reruns. And they're like, what are you talking about, reruns? Like, because the show was just airing live at that time. There were no real moments like that for Russell Carlyle. No. Except that he buys a hot dog once, and he's like, a hot dog? Yeah. Like, and he, yeah, and he, he goes with one of the people from the church to, they're doing like door to door visitation. Yeah. yeah. And there, he goes in, this kid's watching this old show with a uh, dating couple kisses yeah. on screen. And he, Russell, like, runs in front of the screen to cover screen. it up. And he can't believe the, I think the that, impropriety. Yeah, I think that might actually be fairly accurate. Like, somebody from the 1890s would be scandalized by what is on TV today. That's probably. True. Yeah. But it, it was still, like, I guess that would be kind of like a moment where there's this culture shock and they kind of play with it. Yeah. But it wasn't played as like humorous it was just yeah him being outraged yeah and, and, like all these operate swings and misses in this or, or they were yeah they weren't even trying to make any of these situations humorous at all it's just it was such a slog is i'm trying to think of is there any like i'm in the future and i don't know what's going on comedy that happens in the movie 
Like, there are moments where he misunderstands things or is unclear about things, but they're all played so straight as him just trying to correct modern society yeah. Yeah. that none of them are like, huh, okay, that was funny. No, yeah, it's all... The only line that made me chuckle in the whole movie was at the very end yeah, right. when uh, <laughs> Carlisle goes back to the alley. And so he leaves the church after giving his message. He has to go back to the alley, uh, right to the same place where he had uh, been transported to the future so he can be transported back to the past. And the two detectives are trailing him. Yeah, they're following him. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, and so he gets in the alley and uh, they start I know, asking him questions He's like, you're going to have to come downtown. <laughs> and there's still... he. They have no reason to suspect this guy of anything. Yeah. I would be weirded out if I found him in the files and he died like yeah. 60 years ago. I understand that, but I mean... What crime is he committing? He has not done anything wrong. But they're, So they're standing there and he starts preaching the Lord is going to come back, you know. Jesus is returning. And then the sun rays make him disappear uh, from the time machine. And then the two detectives are standing there. The one is just like, I think we missed the rapture. <laughs> yeah, I think we just missed the rapture. <laughs> that was the only funny line in the movie. Uh, and I like, I get, okay, so maybe the movie wasn't supposed to be a comedy. But with that premise, you have to have some sort of like, you know, fish out of water, zany comedy that happens to this guy in the future. Otherwise, the movie's just going to be a boring slog, which is yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, and the other issue, going back to not having any character arcs, is the main character is so dull. He never, like, his voice is exactly the same in every line that he delivers. It's sort of this naive confusion. Yeah, he's always perpetually confused. Even when he's talking about things he knows about, he sounds like he's confused. Yeah. Um... So he was not not a great actor. No, and his whole arc, like the whole, is an hour and a half of sitting there watching this movie, and then at the end, after time traveling, he's like, "Oh, I'll change that line in my book," and that's that's the that's it. The like, substance of it the- could have like that could have been solved in a meeting. <laughs> like it could have, it definitely could have. But this this whole thing is. This guy has to time travel because of petty office politics. That's it. That's yeah. the only reason why he has to go in Which is exactly why this should have been a funny movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> that you could play with that premise and have fun with it. But the, but they did. This director was all business. Yeah. He had he had a message that he wanted to deliver, which I'll give the movie credit for one thing and that is that it was very focused. Yeah. Like it knew what it wanted to say. Yeah. And it made a point of saying it yeah. over and it, over. It wasn't two hours. It didn't waste any time. It was an hour and a half long. Yeah. Um, it, it wasted about a half hour at the beginning of the movie. But yeah. besides that, it was like... But even that part was focused on the one idea, which is you can't preach morals without preaching Christ. Yeah. Every, every scene in this movie was to that point. <coughs> so it was very focused. I'll give it that. And then, but it was just boring. Yeah. So Norris and Carlisle are friends again. He gets his book changed and retitles it uh, "Time Changer," which is the name of the movie. Yeah. And then at the end, the last scene of the movie, Norris is in his barn, uh, looking at the uh, time machine. He has a big, like Massive church Bible. pulpit Bible, yeah. and he has it on the platform, and he's 
What does he have? He's like like twenty two hundred is what he has the year yeah, set he starts to. With like and he, he keeps trying to transport it. It's like twenty two oh nine, and it, it won't. Nothing's happening. Then he's going back year by year to see what the last year of Earth is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it gets down to like twenty seventy, I think. Yeah, that's the last one that they show, and he can't send it to the future, implying through voiceover dialogue that happened five minutes before in the movie that because he can't send it to the future, that means history has ended at that point. So the early 2000 was the last days. Yeah. Jesus was about to return and did at some point. And yeah. That's why they can't send the Bible to the future. Yeah. So this is really an end times movie. Yeah. I, I think we could, we could qualify it as that. Yeah. And I want to say this Norris Anderson guy is basically a godlike character in this movie. <laughs> Like, this, I mean, he has all the answers. He has this time machine to prove that he's right. I don't know. It's such a... Again, this is petty office politics. Yeah. But we don't understand why he made the time machine. Does he explain, like... He doesn't explain... He said that his dad was an inventor, and he picked up the inventing bug from him. Oh. And his dad invented the time machine, but never got to try it. But he did try it. And so Anderson went to the future before yeah. the movie. And he talked with the librarian and all right. that, because they mentioned that several times. Right. Which, which is why he's so concerned about this book that the guy's writing, because he sees that you know morals in society are going to go away if you don't preach the gospel with but them. But the, 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 it doesn't seem like they... They don't really seem to believe that they can change the future. Yeah. So, uh, th- literally, like, it would seem that Anderson sent Carlisle back in time just to prove that he's right. Yeah. It's and, so and forward in time. Or yeah, it's so vain. <laughs> it's like this book that no one's going to read isn't going to change anything about society. It's really just down to like I want you to change this sentence in your book. Yeah. And to get you to do that. I'm going to invent time travel and send you to the future to get you to change this one sentence in your book. (laughs) Which is... I mean, I'm impressed with the guy's, like, uh, drive. Yeah, but the theme gets convoluted because of that. Because his whole motivation was just to prove somebody wrong. (laughs) Because I think they seem to be... uh, Saying that we can't change it because we're not God, so we can't change mm-hmm. the future. But you should still do what I say. Yeah. And then, I, man, I. I it it would make more sense if, like, at the end there was a scene where they went to the future again, and the world was entirely different because he changed his book or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. But they don't imply that that's going to happen because the world ends in 2070 or whatever it is. So that's, there's, what's the term for like a, like a Pyrrhic victory where like you've, you've won the argument, but lost the war essentially. Yeah. That's basically what this entire movie is. Like, okay, you got him to change his book, but it didn't change anything. No. So good job wasting an hour and a half. This guy's a, Sociopath. We can be friends. You think I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, anything else about the... 
the, I mean, that's the plot. Like, the, there's not a whole lot to describe. Oh, there is a conversion plot. scene too, though. So, yeah, there is. At the very end Eddie. of the movie, before uh, Carlisle makes his way back to the past, he visits Eddie at the laundromat, gives him a Bible, shares the gospel, and Eddie sort of seems receptive. To yeah, that, seems yeah. receptive. And he's he like his last scene is him reading the Bible in Spanish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, he gives him the Spanish Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's. I wish there was a, the thing is like this movie is crazy like it's so strange but there's nothing it had no like character to it like a lot of these other movies that we've watched mm-hmm. like Gramps goes to college was made for the same reasons as this movie was made but it was I, so much more enjoyable was, yeah it was <laughs> so much more enjoyable so much more bizarre yeah, yeah. I, I think the reason we liked it so much is because of how bad it was yeah this movie wasn't like bad production wise it had right, some yeah. bad actors in it yeah. but like the quality of the production even the special effects weren't that bad the time no. travel effect yeah it was perfectly decent so it was just a generic kind of boring movie yeah. instead of having the only heart. thing that excites me is that it sort of cross genre over into end times mm-hmm. but it's also time travel yeah I don't know <clears throat> is there anything else yeah just like so at the beginning of the movie they did one of those things that they always do in really badly written movies is a bunch of characters get together and they're like, as we all know already, yeah. plot exposition. Yeah, right. <laughs> as we all know. Like they literally said, as you all know. <sighs> and then they told us what the movie was about. Yeah. So that was nice. I liked that. Yeah. Um, the Yeah. So the first half hour of the movie could have been five minutes long. The middle portion of the movie, where he's in the future, could have been, you know, ten minutes long and communicated the same point. Because much of the movie, and this is one of the problems with the dialogue of the movie, it's so tedious because they keep like having the same conversations over and over again, yeah, almost word for word, yeah. And you don't need to do that. You could have just done it once, maybe twice. You got your point across. He's just like, as like production continued, he was just stretching this short film idea into an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing funny that happens in the future, no, is there? I don't think there is. It was all like just he, he goes, repeating lines in question form yeah, to show confusion. But He goes to the store and gets upset about the lingerie display. He, The girl steals his hot dog. He gets upset about the movie. He gets upset about the visitation. Like, it's just a series of him getting upset by things in yeah. modern culture. Yeah, the visitation, the movie, people hanging out at the nighttime. <laughs> yeah. Those heathens standing around, talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really the, the, the plot of the movie. And again, it's not really a movie. It's more of a tract yeah. in, in movie form. Uh so yeah, I guess move on to the guiding yeah. questions. Do you think the movie handled this material well? So I, I think what the, I guess the question we we'll first have to ask is what is the material? Yeah, of the movie? if we're talking about the science fiction plot, no, no. If we're talking about uh, like the theological argument, I think probably yes. Like he, so that the movie starts with positing this question. Can you in like 
will society live by good morals even though there's no absolute standard for those morals? Yeah. And I think the answer to that question is no. Right, yeah. And that's what the movie's trying to prove. And in reality, I think it's no as well. Just maybe I'm, you know, the fundamentalist in me is coming out. No, I'm, yeah, no. I, you look at modern society, you can answer the question pretty well, I think. Like, if you don't have some sort of transcendent truth then people are just going to do whatever they want and yeah. things are going to go downhill. So, yeah, I think it, like if this if this movie were not a movie but it was like a theological debate, it would have been far more interesting and helpful because it wasn't really a movie. It was just this, him answering this question yeah. about I think, morals. I, yeah, I think this... I would have liked to have like a God's Not Dead courtroom drama kind of thing <laughs> yeah, with this material right. more than... Or that'd be perfect... If they had just set up this guy from the 1890s in present day is like on trial, like they actually yeah. take him to the precinct and he has he goes on trial for some yeah. trumped up charges, and then that I think I I would have I think that would have been more enjoyable to watch than so, so if this were God's Not Dead five yeah guy from the past comes to the future and has to prove in court that good morals by themselves won't last and you need, you know, Christ behind them to to make them last. Yeah. That yeah, okay, that would have made a good God's Not Dead movie. Yeah. <laughs> um so no, it's not an interesting movie. No. Didn't handle that part well, but it's like an interesting theological question presenting itself as a movie. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Favorite quote. I think we both agree on this. The rapture line. Yeah, the rapture line. Yeah. Although the I'm not only surprised, I was shocked is also out yeah. there in the runnings. <laughs> uh, should this movie have been made? No. I say... I'm going to go with yes on really? this one. Really? Are you kidding? But it should have been made very differently. Which yeah. Which is usually the answer that I give. Yeah. If you had done the Back to the Future kind of have fun with him being in the future and, um, you know, maybe have him learn something in the future, not yeah. just be proven right. Yeah. Uh, like, maybe, like, have him, like, there, there's got to be something good about modern modern culture that, in and the way Christianity is reflected in modern times, that he could have been like, oh, there's this thing that I learned yeah. while I was in the future not I've come back a better man now. Not a of lick it. of optimism whatsoever yeah. in this movie. Right. Right. So you could have done something like that. Like, maybe he uh, finds the, the Christian librarian and she takes him to her church. And he's, like, encouraged by this faithful fellowship that's happening in the, in the future. Even though, you know, culture is bad and there are things going wrong. There's, you know, Christ is still keeping his church faithful yeah. throughout that. And so he comes back encouraged. Like, have something like that where the character is actually, like, growing in some way. Then, yeah, I think the movie could have been good. You would have to take out, like, the propaganda to make it a good movie. Yeah. But you could, yeah. you could do it and do what he wanted to do well, I think. But it would just have to be very different. It seems. It seems like he didn't under the director didn't understand how complex of a question he's asking. Mm-hmm. He just oversimplifies everything. I like what you said that surely he would have found something that had. I don't approved. want to use the word redeemable. Yeah, but right. essentially that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's just so weird, like using the 1890s as the. 
the standard the, the for, golden age of which Christianity. That's, that's Victorian era. I mean, no, it was more Britain that was Victorian era, but I'm sure some of the values mm-hmm. were still very present in America, like the good manners and stiff speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Who would you recast? Hmm. Um. So Norris Anderson, the guy who invents time travel, he kind of looked like Larry David. Yeah, I, th- I thought yeah. that Larry, Larry David, David in that role could have been yeah. good. Uh, from the one of the creators of Seinfeld, for those who don't know, and he's in what else is he in? Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right? Yeah, yeah. So he could have been good in that role. Uh, the the main character needs to be recast, but I don't know who to do it with. Kirk Cameron. I mean, that's, that's yeah, the go-to okay. option. I would take that. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing, like, I mean, he wouldn't be so what I think maybe he would probably bring at least a little bit of the unhinged Cameron that we all love yeah. to the in the role. In the movie theater. Yeah. Oh, shaking yeah. Unhinged yes. Cameron yeah. there would have been we fantastic. Should, we should reach out to Kirk Cameron and see if he would be interested in making it a podcast. Friend of the podcast. If he would be interested in doing a remake. A remake. A reboot. A huh? reboot of the Time Changer. Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> uh... There's no real other characters. What about the cops? Like you could have reca- I'm sure there's a, any number of people you could have recast the cops. Like, I, mean, I don't know. Like uh, the guy who plays Mike from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Mike Harden, yeah. cop guy. Uh, everything, but like nobody else really has char- a character. Right, yeah. So there's no point in recasting them because they're literally just there to. I mean, you could recast the writer of the movie in every role. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> essentially what it was anyway. Um did anything knock your socks off in this movie? I think there were things that could have if they had handled the material better, but nothing mm-hmm. this is just repeating lines as questions. Yeah. Like but- there was I guess the I initially the dialogue, the the stilted contractions were illegal in yeah. the 1890s. They had a fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... I mean, I usually judge knocking my socks off by, like, if I throw my notes across the room, which I did do. Yeah. But in the, it was more out of frustration yeah. than anything else because he kept repeating lines yeah. over and over again. I think I can rate that as a knocking my socks off just because of how much they did it. Like, it wasn't one moment in the movie. Yeah. But the entire movie, he just kept going, uh, movies? Yeah. A van? A van? Radio? Slammer? Baseball? Which, he would have known what baseball was. 1890s? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I don't I, yeah, know when I, was baseball around. I don't know. I'm 99% sure that he would have known what baseball was. Okay. Yeah. But clearly, I mean, he's a theologian. Let's be honest. He's not watching sports. <laughs> I'm sure the 1890s going to baseball games was considered fringe. Probably. But yeah, so I guess that knocked my socks off. But there was, there was no moment where I was just like, okay, this movie is... You know, off the rails, and just yeah, it started off the rails and never got on. So you can't really have your socks knocked off. Yeah, for that, would you watch again or recommend? Um, no, no, I just don't. It's not worth it. Don't watch this. Not even just for fun. Leave it alone. Yeah, say so that was yeah. Just it wasn't fun. There could have been so much fun to be had. All kinds of hijinks, mm-hmm. but but instead we got the movie that exists. Which is 
incredibly boring. There's got to be a good Christian time travel movie. That's such a great concept. Yeah, it is a good concept. But I, I guess I can see, like, you're playing with a weird concept of knowing, like, knowing something that the all-knowing God knows. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's, like... So you have to be careful. I'm sure you, you can get into an ethical debate yeah, about right. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, um... Instead of going to the future, he goes to the past, and uh, he knows things about the future. People start treating him like a prophet, but he's got to convince them that he's not actually a prophet. You know, he doesn't want to uh, take on that role. Yeah. So he's like, no, no, I'm not a prophet. I'm just from the future. And then, you know, like he gathers this following of people who think that he's like a messenger of God or something. Like, yeah. You can have fun with this idea. Right, yeah. And still, and still, like... Tell the like the message that you want from the movie to be told. Yeah, but also have fun with it and make it an enjoyable movie yeah. to watch. This director doesn't like kids either. Do you remember yeah, when all the kids get, are bad? Yeah, like all the kids are just like morally bankrupt, <laughs> stealing uh, a hot dog, stealing marbles, and staring at lingerie in a store. Yeah, um. the, the the thing too is that. Um, when he's giving his final sermon, too, a lot of the shots around the the, the uh, congregation are just kids looking so bored. It's like the scene from uh, um, the Buttercream Gang when they're in the sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody's, like, looking at Scott. And yeah. He's just like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, dude, get off your high horse. People have been saying this about kids since... Yep. There, I mean, there's a Greek writers that yeah I can't remember which one it was, but he has this very long passage about what's wrong with the kids the, the these youth. days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's all the same things that everybody yeah, has but been saying. Next generation, these kids—they're <laughs> awful. Playing their Fortnite, yeah, playing their Fortnite and watching their smoking the vapes, you, you smoking the vapes and the YouTubes. <laughs> all right. Um... Yeah, so it's a no from me, dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, sorry for a, another disappointing movie, but sometimes you gotta go through the the dregs to find the you know the, the diamonds in the rough, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. There's not everyone can be a Gramps goes to college. Rome wasn't built in a day, and so but we're on our way to creating a media empire. Yeah. Just you wait. <laughs> So that's Time Changer. Not worth seeing. Don't Yeah, don't watch it. We should have looked up reviews for it, but we didn't. Yeah. Because we're just not good at this. No. Reach out. I, I didn't want to. Yeah, I, I didn't care enough. I don't, I don't care about the movie. Like, the movie didn't give me any reason to. Mm-hmm. There, was no, there was no humanity in it whatsoever. It was just. Except Eddie Martinez. Except Eddie Martinez, yeah. And they could have sort of. Yeah, he flushed out that more plot. of the movie. Yeah. Like, so, um, instead of Russell going to all of these different people and having these scenarios with them, he befriends Eddie and they like, I'll show you the ropes, kid. You know? Like, yeah. I'll take you around. Yeah. And that would have been fun. But I mean, Eddie gives the classic line when uh, the Carlisle asks him about church. And he's like, I, I don't, he's like, I don't have time for church. I mean, I, I don't cheat. I don't lie. I've never shot nobody. <laughs> yeah. Like, I never I, went to the slammer. I, yeah, right, yeah. The slammer? <laughs> is he... Is that every... 
Mm-hmm. There's so, a lot of untapped potential yeah. for the premise of the movie. But the director didn't care. Yeah. He didn't care about the movie. He cared about his his soapbox. Yep. Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Which, if, this, if he had come up in, like, 2012, he could have realized, I'll just start a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And that could have been the end of it. Instead, I'm actually... I'm curious what the budget of this movie was, because... It had like, to be pretty high. Yeah. Uh, how much money did they spend on this movie... Considering that even the director didn't really care about any of the movie making process, mm-hmm. eight hundred and fifty five thousand okay. dollars. So it made a million and a half. It made a profit. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. So good for uh, Robert or Rich, rich Cristiano. He's a he's a rich Cristiano. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this goes back to what we've said about these sorts of movies before: is you can make like a good movie that communicates a moral or ethical idea. Yeah. But but that's not what he was doing here. No. He, he wasn't making a good movie that communicates an idea. He had an idea and he built a movie, like the semblance of a movie around him wanting to spout off these ideas, <sighs> which is usually a bad way to go. Yeah. Right this movie didn't make me wish I was alive in the 1890s. No, not really. Yeah. Unless, like, there were t- zany time travel inventors in the 1890s. That's true. Yeah, that would be worth... That would have been fun. Yeah. But yeah, not great. So... Oh, the, the one gag they had was the remote control car. Oh, thing. yeah. That didn't work, though. But it was... They were literally showing the same three clips of him, like, trying to get around a remote control <laughs> car over and over again. <laughs> It was like, he'd be like, oh, what is this? And like stumbling around with this like Seinfeld type music in the yeah. background. And then there would be a car that pass, passes behind him. Then a couple more scenes of him stumbling around. And then a scene of him stumbling around with the same car driving behind him. <sighs> all right. I, yep. That's all we got. Yeah, we one, could go on and on, but we just, it's just droning because. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the movie itself. Yeah. And we don't want to become that. All right. That's it. I, yeah, I, if you want to check us out on social media, we're on Instagram at Better Day Podcast. You can When's eat. the last time you posted on that? Uh, it's been a little while, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's, it's up and coming. It's, yeah. it's a work in progress. Yeah. And you can email us at betterdaypodcast at gmail.com. Which I haven't checked in months. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a hiatus for us. Yeah. But, if you have any movie recommendations, if you have any questions or comments about Time Changer or any of the other movies that we've watched, we would love to hear from you. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Better Day Cast, and our episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. So give us a listen and a five-star review. We would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. So long.